Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jawhead, and Dawkin Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Wednesday afternoon. What do you think of Kurt Zuma and the cat incident? Uh, the video that appeared of him being cruel to his cat. He played for West Ham last night in the Premier League game, which they won. He was booed most times he touched the ball. I take it by the Watford supporters, but perhaps some on the West End, West Ham end as well. What do you think? What are your views on it? Say there's an outcry at the moment. People say he shouldn't have played last night. He should have been dropped. He should be charged now by police. I wonder how the video got up there in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, who took that video? Who would do that uh, to put it up? Oh, my God, it's shocking. It really is. But, uh, you know, should West Ham have played him, not have played him? Have you any thoughts on cruelty to dumb, poor, dumb animals? If you have anything to say on it, uh, we'll be chatting about it this afternoon. Myself and Louise, if you want to join in, tell us what you think, how you feel. Don't forget the usual numbers. 86 658 by WhatsApp or text, or you can call in an 041 9832000. Now, we're starting on uh, the four-legged theme today. We leave the, the, the cats aside for a moment, but with dogs, our four-legged friends. And joining me on the line to tell us a caution Tail uh, from the Royal County. Maria Clifford. Hello, Maria. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show. You wanted a dog. You wanted a Cavalier uh, King Charles. Beautiful dogs they are. Why a Cavalier King Charles? Um, because we mined one for a neighbour and I just I just love the breed. I find them so... They're just so funny and so loyal and they're just great little dogs. So you're in love with the King Charles. You want one because you're caring for one at the moment. And you said about doing some research to see where are these beautiful dogs? Has anyone got them for sale? You almost bought, didn't you, from Donegal and Derry up in the northwest? I did, yeah. But I hesitated a bit too long and um, they went to the next person on the list. So that was fair enough. How much would the breeders and these were for we want to see these were from genuine breeders in yeah. Donegal and Derry? What would the, what would would King Charles set um, you back? The, in Derry, it was one thousand five hundred sterling, and Donegal, it was one thousand five hundred euro. They it's were asking. A, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Were you willing to so go that, that much? Money there, I was because I know when it's from a genuine breeder for that money, they're all vet checked for the um, the genetic problems that that breed has. Okay. So I knew, like, it would be, everything would be done properly and above board. Okay, so... so I was happy to pay that. You were happy to pay it and you'd love the dog and give the dog a great home and you just hesitated a little and I know they're not widely available and they were snapped up. So you're still on the hunt for a King Charles. Tell us what happened then. Okay, so I was on um, a couple of Cavalier groups on Facebook and I saw a photograph of a litter of puppies in one of these groups and I commented under the picture saying, um, oh, they're lovely little puppies, are they still available or have they all gone to homes? And the person who posted the picture said, just PM me, which I did. So all of the conversations from then on was through Messenger on Facebook and we discussed what, whether I wanted a male or a female, uh, how much I was willing to pay, all of those things. 
So everything looked to be progressing nicely. It the did, the yeah, contact yeah. was made. At that stage, you had no concerns or anything. You were getting the feedback that you wanted, hearing all yeah. that you wanted. How much were they looking for the puppy? Um, the initial price I was told was 1300 but they said the person said that that price was negotiable. Okay, so you yeah. thought, well, here we are. I could save a few euro myself as well and get what I am looking for. Did, did, did you get the feeling that the, the person, did you feel you were dealing with a single person? Was that a man or a woman or what? Um, well, I, it, it was a woman's name I was given, yes. Okay, so you felt you were dealing with a lady there. So there was a bit of horse trading. What did you arrive at finally as a price for the pub? Uh, we arrived at 800 Okay, God Almighty, eight hundred yeah. compared to the prices in Donegal and Derry is is quite yeah. a difference. Um, so eight hundred, you agreed. Um, did you know where these puppies were? Yes, they were in my mother's parish here in County Mead. In Drum Conrad. Oh, yes, yes. So and you were happy enough. You there, and, and yeah. of course when so you I felt I felt this was meant to be. Yes. the fact that they were where yes. they were and everything else. And everything was just falling into place lovely. Lovely, because they're on your doorstep. There's no travel. You're uh, within touching distance and you're nearly there. OK, so what, 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 what was the agreement then? What, take me on from there. What happened? So the agreement was then um, I would pay a holding fee of €400 Euro mm. via PayPal, mm. which I did. I was given um, an email address to send this money to. Uh, which I did and everything was going lovely. So then the person said to me, um, you can pay the final 400 in cash when you come to collect the puppy. Okay. So before this, there was no, there was no like coming to visit. There was no offer of coming to visit to view the puppy before I handed over the final amount. So that was, Probably red flag number one, but all I could think of was just giving this little puppy a new home and I just carried on. So then on the, the I was meant to be collecting the puppy just Sunday gone. So on the Saturday, I got uh, a message from the person to say, oh, I have other people on the waiting list for this puppy and they have their, are pay, paying the, the other money up front. So you know, I need the money off you up front because I've been called into work and I won't have time to be going around people collecting money before I have to go to work because I've just been called in as cover for somebody. So I was kind of like, oh, right. So I said to the person on Facebook, I'm not really happy with this new arrangement. You know, I have all the cash here for you at home in an envelope ready to hand over. So like... What's the big difference? Why does it have to be on PayPal now when I could just hand you the cash tomorrow mm. and it would be a nice quick transaction and you could go off to work or about your business, whatever you have to do. So they were pretty insistent that it had to be, the money had to be paid over by PayPal on the Saturday and not by cash on the Sunday. So I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really happy with this. Um I'll, I won't, I don't actually have that cash in my bank account till my wages go in, blah, blah, blah. Like hoping to kind of stall her a bit. Yes. Thinking she'd say, oh, it's okay, then just give me the cash um, when you come to collect them. But she didn't say that. She was very insistent, you know, do it now, do it now by PayPal. It's the same address as I used before, blah, blah. So, of course, I kind of gave it maybe an hour and a half to two hours, but I did eventually pay the money through PayPal. Oh, Maria, Maria. I know, I know, I know. And then off we went then on the Sunday to collect them. But in the meantime, when I looked on the Sunday morning, I had been blocked on Messenger by this person. So I had no air code, no phone number. As I said, all the conversion was done through Messenger. So I was really snookered. So off I went anyway, in good faith, to collect the puppy from the address I was given and um, got to the place and the person answered the door and uh, I they said, oh no, I'm not selling puppies, um, maybe you've come to the wrong address. So she said, maybe it's this house further on down the road, so maybe try there. So I tried there, 
they gave me the same answer and they said, well, maybe you could get into contact with um, a man who's a publican in the village where my mum is from and from Conrad and uh, he might be able to help you as he might know where this address is, the right address. Because mm. it was only kind of a general townland I was given in the address, you see. Yes. So, um, uh, my mother rang the publican and he got on to the postman with the name he was given and the address he was given. And they said, well, we think this is where it could be, but we're not 100% sure, but maybe give it a try. So we drove along and um, checked these two, the two premises and no, nothing, nothing happened. Nobody was answering and Mom was like, well, we've kind of done all we can do, you know, without a phone number, without an air code. And you've been blocked from Messenger. We can't really do any more. So we had to go home to Navin, minus 800 euro and no puppy. Oh, Maria. I know. I know. I know. You were done. You were sent I was so done. on a oh, wild goose chase across yeah. the townlands in Drum Conrad and there was no such address. There was nothing at all. No. But you know, I'm here sitting thinking, you mentioned a red flag. There were several red flags, you know, in there were. Uh, along the way. Yeah. And especially on the day before when they kept insisting on that money, I suppose yeah. you could have cut the loss in half at that stage uh, by holding on to the, the second 400 euro. So this is an absolute 100% scam. Yeah, 100%. I've been to the Gardaí. I've been on to the bank as well. So um, investigations will be ongoing, yeah. How? So. <laughs> You're very good to come along and tell me your story in this public domain. You really are, because did you feel like a fool afterwards, you know, when you reflected? <laughs> I still do. I'm mm. mortified, but I just said, Jerry, I wanted to get it out there because I, I really don't want this to happen to anyone else. Like everything all along the way, it was like she even emailed me a bill, um, a contract uh, to say to sign this and send it back to her. That's how thorough she was. And or this person was because yeah. even the man in the bank even said, "Look at," he said, "I wouldn't be mortified because this is what they do day yeah, yeah. in day out. They're professionals at." Mm. And the, here's the thing that I want to tell listeners as well today: the person was still advertising the sale yeah. of other dogs on other sites across yeah. Facebook until yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. You know, this is a real warning to anybody listening. And you are very good. You're really good (laughs) to come and tell your story because it is. We are raising a red flag to everybody else out there. Not to go down this road at all. Not to touch this. Is there, was there a name of the, uh, did they use any name on Facebook of who they were? What was the public image? Is there a a person's name, a business name? They did use, they did use a name. There was no business name. Um, I I just uh, I don't know whether to give you the name live, but it's. Do you want me to tell you? I, I suppose just in case, hold on yeah, to it in case I'll, it would point to somebody that's an innocent party in this. Okay, yeah. so you just hold on to it. There, we're telling the story and what we're saying to listeners today. Do, stop! Don't do it! Don't buy uh, on Facebook puppies. Don't go down this road at all. Now we've been talking in the past, you know, about uh, hooky breeders, you know, and and puppy farms, and not to go there either. This is another, uh, you know, whole other area altogether. You just shouldn't go down this road. And you know what? My heart bleeds for you. You even had a name for the puppy. Yeah, I did, Bailey. Bailey. Um, yeah. oh. He said to me, um, what, what name are you going to give the puppy? We have given him the name Bravo. But seemingly, you, you, need, you need a name for the puppy's papers to be transferred to your ownership. Mm. So this is why as well, like, it all seems so 100%. What's right. the upshot? It's with the guards. The investigations are ongoing. Yeah, What's the, the, up- the yeah. um, I have to call the bank back now on the 20th of February to get things started um, to dispute a payment with Visa mm. because that's the cooling off time you have to wait with Visa in case the product turns up. 
Yes. Now, sure, we all know that the puppy isn't going to run down the road to Nav, and sure, you know, we know this, but it, that's just the visa's rules, so... Yes. So look, the thing is as well, a listener, Denise is on to us from uh, from Balbriggan to say, hi, Jerry, tell that lady to ring or get in touch with PayPal. They will follow up. I've experienced this. They're very good. So I'd say the guards, will they liaise with PayPal people to try and... Um, you see, I yeah. was told I've seen on PayPal's own customer service because I paid using the friends and family option, not goods and services. There's no comeback with PayPal. Oh, no. So that's why it has to be done only for um, my visa card is linked to the to the PayPal account, like my bank account is linked to the PayPal. Only for that, I I wouldn't have leg to stand on because I have the visa protection. Yes, yes, okay. So that's so, why yeah. I have to go through the bank. Okay, so that's your fallback. Thank you, Denise, yeah. for getting touch. So there's a distinction between goods and services and doing yeah, this on really. a, a personal basis. Um, you, you're great to come on and tell it. I really do hope you do get your cash back. And will you do me a favour? Will you just get in touch with a breeder now and go and get yeah. that King Charles in person? Yeah, I, I, uh, that's that has started as well. I've Good. been on to a lovely girl lovely. Um, from Leash. Yes. Ah, well, there you are. This story, please God, will end well with you getting your money back and eventually. Tell us, won't you let us know when you get the puppy? We'd love to just say hello to you then, won't you, please? Yeah. Of course, Jerry. Thank you. Not at all. Thank you for joining me, Maria, on the show today. Maria Clifford there. Very brave of her to come on. Thank you for your messages. Keep them coming to us. What do you feel about that story and the scam? Anybody else hit like that? Uh, 086 658 WhatsApp or text me. 086-1800-658. Love to hear from you. I'll come back to your messages after this short break. Thank you for all your messages. I'm listening to your story on the radio, Jerry. Don't say my name just in case. I work for PayPal and we get a lot of this from people buying on Facebook. And I want to say again, never send a personal payment for items or goods you are buying as there is no buyer protection, as Maria said. None at all. Thank you for getting in touch with us. I appreciate it. Oh, Jerry. whereas I have some sympathy for Maria, why or why do people get keep getting caught like this. The same with the other woman who left her handbag in the unlocked car a few weeks ago. Dear oh dear, that's Martina in Navin. Uh, Another one there. Just listen to your conversation with that girl. How stupid was she? Especially when they kept demanding money. Sorry, but I have no sympathy. Oh, you're being a bit hard there, aren't they, Louise? Whoever that is. You know, she wanted the dog. She loved... I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. She is mortified. Oh, she is. She is indeed. But isn't it very good of her to tell her story and bring it into Mm -hmm. the public domain to warn other people don't buy puppies on Facebook or without seeing them or visiting don't the place. Don't buy anything without hand yes. over money without yes, but seeing it. Especially dogs. You know the way the puppy farms where they take yeah. puppies from farms and bring you somewhere else and show them to you. Go to the breeder. The road. Yeah, go to make sure the bona fides of the breeder. Go to the breeder. See the puppies with the breeder as we've heard before. But look at this. 800 euros she's lighter there. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to money. lose in a scam like that. Really is. Have you anything to say? Have you been scammed? Were you listening to Maria telling us a story? Don't forget the usual number, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I'm sorry for her, I really am, but I, I hope it uh, it ends well now that she gets the King the Charles. Back. And that she gets the money back and from the bank. And gets the Hopefully. money back, gets the King Charles and has her puppy at long last. You see, the heart can rule the head, Louise. You know that yourself. She loved it, the dog. Ah, listen. And, you know... Uh, uh, you have to feel sympathy. You really, really do. Now, uh, Paula paid 1350 1350 euro for a Shih Tzu. And it's turned out that the dog ultimately is not a Shih Tzu. It looked like one as a puppy and she's had them before, but it's grown into a crossbreed. What a sting that is. Brendan says animals... Cruelty towards animals is shocking. There's a lot of it going on at the moment and people should be prosecuted. Even multi-euro football stars, says Brendan. Um, I have another one there that's just come in to me uh, from uh, Trim. It's an interesting one indeed. Let me see if I can pick it up there. I'll pick it up again in a few moments. So it is. It's about this court Zuma thing and the cruelty to the cat. I'll come back to that in a moment. I do have it there somewhere in my WhatsApp. There's a load of them and I'm just... Not adept to shuffling through all of them at the moment. And we move on on late lunch today with a good friend of ours because I don't have to remind all you nature lovers out there that we're on the cusp of bird breeding season. And he's back with us on the show from Birdwatch Ireland. I'm delighted to say hello again to Niall Hatch. Afternoon, Niall. 
Good afternoon. Thanks for having me back. Not at all. Before we get on to the pre-nesting routines, uh, can I ask you first about the starling murmurations? And I know there's a survey going on at the moment. A, a, a busy time. Murmurations happening as we speak around this time of year. That's right. Yes, they're still they're still underway now. They'll start to peter out towards the end of this month as as the starlings disperse. M- many of the starlings which participate in these are migrants that return to areas like the Baltic Sea for, for in the springtime. Uh, but murmurations of starlings, these these huge s- sort of flocks you get in the sky moving around almost like wisps of smoke, they're a feature of winter here in Ireland. We get them usually from November through to the end of February. Um, so a uh, great time to get out and watch them. And of course, if people uh, come across one, uh, all these thousands of birds in the evening gathering together we'd love people to let us know in Birdwatch Ireland we've launched the special surveys you said our Irish starling murmuration survey asking people to give us the details um, and uh, we, we can never get enough data so even if people think we might know about uh, murmuration we may not or we may not you may have additional information about how long it's continuing for so people go to birdwatchirland.ie they'll see the link there and they can let us know about it and also hopefully find more information about where you can go to see this amazing phenomenon because for my money it's one of the most amazing sites in all of nature I just think it's beautiful mm, it's incredible the way they do it and it's uh, just a mystery of nature. Anyway, my guys in my back garden, Nile, who occupy uh, a number of my eaves as nesting sites, they're not part of the murmurations. It's the visitors that murmurate. Well, your starlings as well, the resident ones here in Ireland, they are probably part of them as well. Are We've they? no way to distinguish between them. But they, yeah, they, as far as we know, those Irish starlings stay with us year round. Now, your starlings from your area may have moved quite a distance elsewhere in Ireland or they could be just down the road. Um, it, it varies depending on the feeding opportunities. So certainly the numbers of, swol- of, of uh, starlings are swollen in the winter by this, this huge influx of migrants that we get. But our resident birds that breed with us are among those flocks as well. So they could well be mixed in there. There you go. So they may leave me for a time, take part in that spectacle and return to where they know their bread is buttered. That's good to know, Niall. Thanks for filling us in on that today. Now, uh, fair to say we're on the cusp of breeding season. Are birds already looking for sites? Oh, they are, yes. And I'm sure people will have noticed even around their own gardens, uh, birds sort of investigating maybe holes in walls or disappearing into the hedges and, and coming out. They're getting into that breeding mode. We've had a fairly mild winter. I know we've had a bit of unclement weather or inclement weather lately, um, but it has been a very mild winter, all things considered. And this does often prompt breeding behaviour a bit early. I mean, we, we, we've had records already of, of robins nesting, um, even though it's very early in the season, and that'll just increase as time goes on. Normally, obviously, breeding season, really, we would normally say it kicks off for most birds around April. But uh, um, there's always a few early ones. And uh, so we definitely birds looking now to try and fix a good nest site where they're going to be. If people are want to have nest boxes up for birds, I would recommend getting them up in the next week or so, if possible, because this is the key time when birds are prospecting for the nest sites, deciding where they're going to nest in a, in a couple of weeks or months time. Uh, so now's the time to do that. Uh, and yeah, now as, as, the, as we start to get that famous stretch in the evenings, the days are getting longer, um, you know, more daylight each day this prompts the, the, a flood of hormones in birds that get them into breeding condition. We will start to notice more birds singing, which is a clear sign that breeding season is on the way. And before we know it, we'll have lots of little chicks all around us. Oh, it's a wonderful time. Now, some uh, drilling down into the nest box thing and that, and that's great to know that this is a peak time. Now, I have a couple in my garage myself. I must get them up and get them out there. Can I ask you about sighting them? What direction is the best? Because my back garden faces west, front towards the east, so the gables of the house are north and south, respectively. Is there a, a better aspect to put your nest box up? Well, actually, it's hard to give a sort of a one-size-fits-all answer because it really very much depends on the local conditions and where shading might be from other other buildings or for trees and so on. Here in Ireland, we honestly don't have to worry too much about the direction of the nest box in terms of things like overheating and so on. Um, although we can have some warm summer days, it's not it's not, not too excessive. Essentially, you want to have the, a box positioned so that it's, it's relatively sheltered and ideally out of the prevailing wind in the area. And in an area perhaps where um, there's maybe an overhang or something that would mean that not so much water will fall on it. I mean, boxes, good, a good sturdy bird box with a sloping roof should be uh, relatively waterproof for the birds anyway. But anything you can do to stop rain blowing into the hole of the box, uh, angling it forward perhaps slightly so that overhang from the roof is even more pronounced. Uh, and just making sure, I suppose, that most importantly of all, it's in a location where it's not easily accessible to predators like cats and where they'll find it hard to get to it. That's probably the most important thing of all. And height-wise, do you recommend a minimum height from the ground? 
Well, obviously, a lot of these birds are looking for cavities, birds like blue tits and great tits around gardens. I mean, beggars can't be choosers and they, they can't always pick what type of cavity they would want. So, so I've seen birds using nest boxes very low down towards the ground. However, to give you the best chance of success, in many ways, the higher, the better. Mm. So we would normally recommend having nest boxes at least four or five metres above the ground, even higher if you can. And uh, that will certainly increase the chances of the birds using them. But if your garden can't handle that, uh, I wouldn't worry. Just make sure that you, you, you have them in a relatively sheltered location where they're not so obvious. And one of the mistakes that people often make is they put up too many nest boxes, particularly for birds like blue tits, the ones that use those, the, the classic nest box with the hole in the front of it. They, uh, you know, they don't want to nest in an area where the, it's likely that another pair of blue tits might take up residence too close to them. So in, in most in most gardens, I'd say just, just a typical Irish garden, maybe just one blue tit nest box or grey tit nest box would be, would be um, perfect. Any more than that, you might run the chance of them not using them at all. Uh, and then you can use nest boxes for species that don't compete with them. So the robin would be a very good example. They're, they use um, nest boxes too, but quite a different design. They have an open front of them, a much bigger gap in it, and they like to be a good bit lower down. Robins often nest sort of between hip height and shoulder height, usually behind a bush. So if you happen to have something like a nice thorn bush or holly bush or something like that that's nice and protected, putting the uh, the box on maybe on a wall or a tree at the back of that where it's a bit secluded, protected against predators from that, and that can be quite low and the birds will still use it very happily. That's interesting because I was going to ask you that. You know, the access hold size to boxes, you'll see them and you can buy them. Are they a standard size, you know, or, you know, you'll see the small ones, maybe slightly bigger. And it's good you mentioned that there, but the open for the robin. Does the hold size dictate which species takes up residence? It does, very much so, yes. So birds like robins aren't terribly fussy, so they'll use a box almost of any size so long as there's a good, fairly big hole or entrance at the front of it. Birds like blue tits, great tits and, and coal tits are far more choosy and picky because there's a sort of a hierarchy among them, uh, these cavity nesting species, and a bird isn't happy to nest inside a hole or a cavity where the entrance is large enough to let a more dominant species in that might evict them or cause them problems. So for a blue tit, you're looking for an entrance hole of 25 millimetres. That's an inch across. And when you see that on a box, um, you think that's way too small. There's no way that a bird is going to fit into that. But they will. They can squeeze through tiny gaps. You know, When we see a bird, of course, we're mostly seeing feathers that are all fluffed up with air. Their muscles and their skeleton below that are really tiny. They can fit through a tiny gap. And that's, um, that, that gives a bird like a blue tit a good sense of security. Whereas a bird like a great tit, it wants the entrance hole to be maybe six or seven millimetres more than that. Um, sparrows, maybe another few more millimetres. Um, starlings, uh, they, they like a bigger hole again and a slightly bigger box. So it, it, yes, it, it is important. And a lot of the boxes I see on sale commercially, the holes are actually too big because I think that's what consumers expect the birds will want, but the holes should be smaller than you think. Oh, that's a good advice there. So take your measuring tape with you and uh, go along the lines Nile advises there. Now what about a box? Because as I said here, we put up a box years ago out the front here of LMFM and blue tits have occupied it for a number of years but Niall we've never touched it and somebody mentioned to me once oh you should clean that out every year but they seem to still come back Yes, yes. I mean, cleaning out is certainly something people can do. But remember, obviously, in, 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 in a true wild setting or wild nest, there's nobody cleaning out those nests. In some cases, it would be impossible. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the birds will cope with that. They may repair that nest or reuse it. They may build a new nest on top of it. One of the, the, the rationales behind cleaning out a nest box when you can is that it's, it's a, it can help if you disinfect it so there's not so much bacteria or little mites or ticks inside that may then infect or infest the, the next brood of chicks. So that can make things easier for them. So I like to clean up my own nest box it's it's it's, um, it's it's easily done just just wearing a glove after the end of the nesting season usually around um the, you know the autumn time is fine the birds will have stopped using it by then just using a rubber glove or something just take out the nesting material uh, hopefully there's a door or a hinge or a lid or something that will move uh, and uh, usually will come out as one piece it's a very um, very well constructed um uh, thing and then uh, then what i'd like to do then is to disinfect the box rather than using any chemicals or anything like that just a kettle full of boiling water pour it into the box that'll kill off any parasites any bugs any nasties that will be in there then just allow to air dry uh, and uh, just close it up then and just let the birds do it again you know don't don't try rebuild a nest or anything like that the birds won't be interested in that and um, just just leave it be the birds will build a new nest very quickly and uh, but having said that if the nest is up high or it's too difficult to clean out don't worry too much as i said in the wild um it doesn't happen that anyone cleans the nest out for them they just make do and they've been doing that for millions of years they're very good at it question in there for you uh, is niall saying i have an average a suburban garden that one box is sufficient in that garden 
Yes, one box at least of the same type, attracting the same species. Okay. So for, for, for a blue tit, they're very territorial, there's one box. You could have a robin box in tandem with that because those two species will share the same territory without coming into competition. Uh, but two robin boxes, for example, will be asking for trouble because the robins, uh, the robins really don't like company. Uh, birds are very territorial. So yeah, I'd just recommend in a, sort of a typical Irish garden, uh, one box of each type would be, would be enough. Uh, now, can you encourage, this is something I was thinking about, you know when you put them up, you're, everybody then, Niall, wants a tenant. We want someone to take up residence, but it's certainly not guaranteed. Or is there anything you can do to encourage residency? Yes, and I know that a lot of people take it very personally when the birds don't take up residency. They think they think there's something wrong, or they're being shunned, or you know. And I do, I can relate to that certainly. Well, certainly there are a few things you can do. So obviously, when you make sure of the basics, make sure it's a good, sturdy, strong box. And um, you know, there's a lot of very good ones at the market. We sell them in birdwatcher.ie ourselves, but there's other ones available around the country. But avoid anything where it's sort of been form over function. The birds don't care if it looks like a little replica of your house or if it's all brightly coloured or nice. They just want something that's good, solid, well insulated, and allows drainage. So make sure there's drainage drainage holes in the bottom of it. Make sure, again, that it has an overhanging roof so the water can't get in. Uh, make sure that's sufficiently high as well that the birds can build a good side nest and so that the nest can be in the bottom uh, out of reach of um, maybe a cat's paw or something going into the hole of the nest box that should be quite deep from that point of view. Uh, location then is important. So as I said, usually the higher you put it up, the, the higher the chance of it being uh, being occupied. Usually needs to be a bit secluded, um, you know, maybe uh, covered, you know, maybe set in ivy or something like that or slightly semi-obscured behind foliage. It makes it less visible to predators. That's a, that can be another good thing. And what's very important too is to try to avoid disturbance around it. It's actually illegal to to actually to, to, to disturb a nesting bird um, during during the breeding season, uh, or to take photographs or anything like that. So just just leave it in place. Resist the temptation to peek inside uh, and do your best there with it. And also, I, I'd recommend as well try not to have it close to a feeding station. If you have a bird table or a bird bird feeders hanging up, you don't want to have a nest box close to that because uh, what can happen is as birds are coming or going to feed on those feeders it causes a lot of stress to the the resident pair of birds using the nest box because they think well here's a whole lot of interlopers going into our territory it can be very stressful for them uh, and it can lead to a lot of anxiety and sometimes they, they'll just abandon the nest completely um so you know again also as i'd say as well persevere with it boxes aren't always used the first year or even the second year do give time sometimes for for them to weather in for the birds to get to know them and obviously if you if you have a if you have a garden or or, or next to some gardens that maybe that already have nest boxes or that have lots of sufficient natural nesting cavities in walls or in trees it could be that the birds prefer those and actually mm. might not need to use an S box at all. Um, so I'd say a bit, a bit of trial and error. If it hasn't worked for you after a year or two, try and move the box to a new area, uh, different location, different, different sort of settings in terms of how, how you know, visible it is and so on. And maybe you'll be lucky. Just, just keep, keep, don't give up. Keep going. Never give up. Oh, Niall, you're terrific. A, a mine of information and wonderful advice there. It's all about to kick off, folks. Get your boxes up as soon as possible and fingers crossed. And let us know if you get a resident in a new box. We'd love to hear from you. Birdwatch Ireland, they have a great range of nest boxes, but I say to you again, join Birdwatch. I'm a member, the wonderful people that do great work, and you'll enjoy what they send you out regularly in the post and by email. Niall, until the next time, thank you so much for taking time to join us. Thanks a million for having me. Not at all. Take care. The brilliant Niall Hatch there. I have my boxes. I've got great advice there. Now, I I have a few, but I'm only going to put up one, perhaps two, of the different types. I hope I get a robin. Love to get a blue tit. I really would. I guess now it's time that you came back I simply love that song. I really do. I get a lovely warm feeling when I hear it it's beautiful take that and back for good on your late lunch this afternoon Kieran's been on for Trim I meant from Trim I mentioned at the top of the show about Kurt Zuma and the shocking video of him uh, kicking the cat and being cruel to his cat well Kieran says uh, uh, I don't think we should bring personal problems into football it's getting out of hand yes it was absolutely wrong that Kurt hit the cat. The inside story, he says, is that the cat attacked his child. West Ham are dealing with the incident and Zuma apologised. And remember, Jerry, the cat still has nine lives. I just think it should be dealt with outside of the club and leave it out of football, says Kieran. And he goes on to say, and this is this is very interesting, Louise. Last night, the game between uh, West Ham and Watford was about a little girl who lost her life to cancer. Not one player was getting dropped uh, dropped in this heartbreaking scenario. People moan about the cat and I understand that. 
But really, I have to say, last night was about that child. And he goes on to say, uh, P.S. The video was leaked by a Manchester United <laughs> fan. There you go. Kieran. I, I hear the points you're making and you make them well as well. And I look at cruelty to animals is unacceptable, Louise. Totally, totally. unacceptable. It really and is I mean, totally I unacceptable. And I mean, I get him that, you know, personal problems. But when you're an international player or a player like that standard, yeah. I mean, he's a role model for a hell of a lot he of is. kids. He is. I thought David Moyes handled the pre- the post-match interview well. You know, he completely condemned it, said he understood. He's an animal lover himself. And he put the point that I have to pick a football team to win a game. You know what I mean? Mm. That's my job here. And I, I thought he made the, the point well. It is unacceptable. There are other things in the world, you know, I could say to you, like, it's unacceptable I say that. There are shocking things happening in the world to people all over the world as well. There are children being bombed in the Middle East, in Iraq and things like that, and you don't hear much about it. And I know there's a furore and an outcry about this, and I understand that as well. And I just hope he's learned his lesson and he'll never do something like that again. I think the cats have been taken off him. Uh, have they? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's the latest update there from our, our special reporter, from the East End of London, Miss <laughs> Louise Walsh has the latest from the Point Hammers. To internet in front all of right, me. all right, you're following that there. Interesting, isn't it? What about the nun on the run, Louise? What about the nun? What about I think, her? Well, she robbed a lot of money, but she meant to be, she signed up for poverty, didn't she? <laughs> Mary Margaret Creeper, K R E U P R, Creeper, or whatever the way you pronounce it, Catholic uh, nun. Eight, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> Very good. 80 years of age, stole over $800,000 to bankroll her gambling habit and, and fund lavish holidays in California. She signed up to a vow of poverty when she took her vows. I have to laugh. And How it's did not, nobody, like, <laughs> it's not a laughing matter. See her leaving the convent and heading uh, for the airport. I don't know. She was uh, she was coming a le- back with her donkey under her arm. A legend in <laughs> Vegas, playing the slots and the tables, I believe, and holidayed in the best places. Anyway, uh, she got. She wear a habit. <laughs> she, she had a bad habit, a gambling <laughs> habit. So she had. Um, she was sentenced to twelve months. Uh, uh, and one day behind bars. 12 months and one day behind bars. So she's serving her, her sentence now. For, I wonder where she's hardly be able to pay the money back. Anyway, God bless you, sister. We're saying a prayer for you over here all the way in Ireland for your demeanours. Anyway, she's paying the price now. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Good deeds. The great people. They do so much good all over for so many and you don't hear about the majority of it. Natalie Kelly from Drogheda Dolls is with us next. Natalie Kelly, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Gary. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us on the show. Look, we've this concept, and, and Louise said it to me, says, why don't we get Natalie on and to brighten up the afternoon for people to talk about some of the wonderful acts of kindness that her Drogheda dolls have been involved with over the last few weeks. And I suppose to start off, you dedicate this, or is it you that calls it Kindness Month, February? Yes, so um, la- it actually stems from last year and we were doing, uh, I had, everything was really low, you know, at that stage with COVID and the restrictions and the whole lot. And to try and pick people up, I had um, given 10 bouquets out and said, like, if people want to nominate people. But we ended up getting like 200 nominations for the 10 bouquets. Mm. Um, but what happened was when I went to order the bouquets off a local business, she said, look, I'll give you 10 more. And um, I had asked the group if anyone received any that they were to pass it on and it just snowballed. And it went on for like about five weeks, I think. It ended up going like where people were dropping stuff to people's store, like even just, you know, a box of chocolates or a small bouquet of flowers, something. And if you got one, you passed on the kindness and it went as far as like Singapore, Canada, Australia. It was just manic like. So kindness week kind of turned into kindness month. So we said for February this year, we'd try and do it again because although COVID is kind of near in the end, I think people are still needing that little bit of a lift, you know, people yes. of people's spirits. Um, so we're doing, it's just appropriate today like because um, I'm here on the radio because um, Kindness Month just started so we can kind of share some of the good acts that have been going on, you know. Oh, fabulous. So if anybody wants to get involved, what's the, the modus operandi? What do they do? If somebody wants to give something to you or become a donor in this, to pass something on to you, to give to somebody else? Yeah, so there's a couple of aspects of it. Um, like, for example, the TLT there contacted me, Aoife, the other night, and she said, look, I have a family um, pass before 
people and to go see the Aladdin pantomime. Mm. And she said, would you like to put on the group as an act of kindness? So people, I put it up and people nominate each other and then we pick somebody, just randomly pick somebody. So that's something that the businesses can get involved in. So if they want to contact the group and just say, look, I have something to offer as an act of kindness. And it's a good way of letting the community there know like that you're there as a business. Yep. Um, because last year, I think all the floors and cupcakes and stuff like that all sold out. Um, and then the other aspect of it is just on a personal, like just everyday, ordinary thing. It's just about like having a kind word for somebody. Maybe, you know, you see somebody buying a, bo- a bar of chocolate in a shop and say, look, I'll get that for you or stuff like that. You know, I've heard people saying that they bought, they were paid for, their McDonald's was paid for and then we continued on down the line in the queue. Like <laughs> different things like that have happened uh, <laughs> last year and it'll continue on this year. I mean, already there's loads of kind acts going on in the group, you know. I love it. And if you want to get in touch with them, Drawing the Dogs is on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, yeah. They're everywhere. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) everywhere. They're all pervasive and I ain't surprised. And you know, I want to acknowledge you arrived at my door this month last year when I was doing the 40 days and nights for Slav with a little gift for me and I was absolutely blown away which leads me nicely into Slav because people often ask me how is he getting on and he's in there and he's fighting hard and his mum and family and many other people are right behind him and you've helped him again. Yeah, so a girl contacted me, um, Karen Black, and she just said, look, I seen on, his mum was mentioning that uh, he was having a little bit of trouble with mobility, you know. And obviously he's a 14-year-old little chap, like he doesn't want to be going around, you know, in anything. Um, so she said, like, an e-scooter might be something that would be good for him. Um, so we they, we had a Christmas fundraiser and the Dollar Dolls have a little kitty uh, stemming from that. So, um, yeah, we, we got him an e-scooter, helmet, lock, the whole lot. And um, actually, Corinne went up and delivered it to him. And he was planning his route the next day. He was actually going for to come in hospital. And he was planning to go down to Phoenix Park and give it a little go. Like, yes. <laughs> and delighted with it. Like, um, And it's just little things like that that will make such a difference to somebody's life that we can kind of um, get involved in. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And and that is a significant thing in that young man's life and Slav's life and to his family and Nadia, his, his mum as well. It's just simply terrific. And every little lift that boy can get is so important to him. Now, tell me about this 500 euro donation. What's this about? Um, this is for, it was 500. No, oh, yeah. So this was. So two lads um, in the in the community have actually come up with this um, initiative and it's to help uh, people out there with mental health men. So as you know, like um, the suicide rate in Ireland for men is quite high at the minute and mental health is quite um, a big thing, um, especially amongst men. So they have decided to open this uh, thing for like a men's community group called The Block. And it's all about... Um, promoting men's um, mental health and helping men in the community. So we decided to give them €500 Euro to help them with their initiatives. And um, if you go on to Instagram, I don't think they're on Facebook, but if you go on to Instagram, there's all the details there. So if you have someone in your family, like uh, a brother, an uncle, a son, that maybe is suffering with their mental health, these guys, honestly, they, they're two really, really good chaps. They've lost a friend through suicide and they've set up this you know, to deal with their own um, grief yeah. and, to, and they realised there was a gap there in Drogheda. So um, we, if someone had to give me 500 euro at the start of Drogheda Dolls um, to do good with it, I would have been delighted. So I'm in a position now with the fundraiser money to give them 500 euro to start them off. Um, and, you know, it's brilliant. And they have all the dolls support, like they got great support when, my, when I put it up on the page mm. and lots of, I think they had their first meeting there on Monday night. So, it's just really good for the community to know that that's something there for people to avail of. Yes. Um, yeah, and they hope to do lots of like nice community uh, group things with the men, like be it going on a golfing trip or different things to, just, yeah. you know, to promote men's mental mm. health. Very important and very worthwhile indeed. Now, we're going to be talking about communions on the show, I think, next week as well. What's this about free thread? Okay, so... Um, on the group, once a month, I put up a tread. So a tread is where we just have like a, um, a box up 
and people can pop up maybe they've a kitchen table or you know a washing machine or something that they no longer need but it's still in very good condition okay and maybe somebody's come along and they need a table or whatever it is so um we do have a communion suit and a dress thread as well mm. so if somebody is out there and it's very very expensive like i had my daughter last year and it is i used my wedding dress and i got that um, designed into a little dress for her so she can have it then for her children. Yes. But it was still about 200 euro to do that. So it is very expensive. Now, I do know places like, um, there's some shops there that have, um, you know, cheaper Mr. Price and stuff like that are doing uh, communion dresses. But these threads, a lot of people have lovely, beautiful dresses and suits and stuff at home and they don't want to just donate it. They'd rather give it to someone that was genuinely going to use it. Um, so if anyone felt under pressure, that thread is there. Go in, have a look, and you know you might find something. And just to relieve the pressure financially, I you love only it. The thing for a couple of hours, anyway. Mm, no, I love <laughs> it. I love it. And you know, it's it's a free thread, and that's what it's online there. And the thread ties in with the communion and the dresses and the suits and that as well. But lots yeah. of other things. But a great idea, it really is. It's 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 a really really positive thought. Now the men's shed are very happy with Drogheda dolls too, Natalie. Yeah, so we were out there yesterday and what happened was last November I was helping this lady and um, unfortunately I got stuck down with COVID and ended up in hospital and I was um, to get doors organised for her for her house. She was um, she was freezing cold and between one thing and another I just never got to do it. Um, but men tried to the rescue. They not only collected the doors for me they resized them, fitted them, painted them, and all for nothing, basically. They did it out of the goodness of their heart because they knew I wasn't well. Um, and so I didn't forget it. And we went back to them yesterday. We gave them a thousand euro check from our fundraiser, Christmas fundraiser. And we had a lovely cup of tea with them and I chat. And they just have an amazing setup up there. Mm. If anyone, any men in the community, it's a five hour week to be part of that. And it's go up and down. They have a little gym. They make fresh bread in the morning. They literally like, oh my goodness, they have a gorgeous garden out there and they do all woodwork. But if you're not into the woodwork end of it, you could be a little painter. You could be tidying around. Like there's no need for anyone to be sitting at home lonely or idle like with stuff like this in the community. It's absolutely fabulous. Like and so impressed with them all and just all smiles and just really jolly bunch up there. You know, I'm very grateful for the donation as well. Like. Yeah, it's a great movement, the men's shed. And you're talking about the one, uh, if you go out towards Dano from Drogheda, they have a lovely new yeah. premises out there. And, you know, isn't it great to hear of women supporting men of an age who need, as you said, rather than sitting at home doing nothing, there's an outlet for them there and it means so much. Just before we finish, you were telling me about uh, a few weeks back about Charlie Bird and what you did for him and that he's coming to visit you. You have a little update on that one? I do. So he has, we have raised 1230 for him um, for his charity, charities, which is IMNDA, um, am I saying that right, and Piazza House. Um, and he will be visiting us next week. And um, we have a lovely little morning organised for him. The children from the video will be doing something special for him. And I have a few girls in the community and a few guys who have local crafters who've done beautiful gifts for him and um, the lovely Anthony Matthews has written a poem for, poem for him and you know it'll be a lovely um, nice yes. morning for Charlie and we're excited to have him to Drogheda Ah oh, listen you're fantastic people wonderful what you do keep doing what you're doing because you're making such a difference in so many people's lives Drogheda Dolls and look we'll touch in with you again for an update uh, shortly Natalie but that's uh, you've only touched the surface there and you're doing so much and it is really really appreciated you're a most fantastic woman thank you for joining me thanks for having us Jerry mind yourself not at all take care now bye 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 that's Natalie Kelly there from Drogheda Dolls. Wonderful, wonderful people and lots of acts of kindness going on there. Just lift your old heart, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it on a Wednesday afternoon in February? Late lunch with you until 3.30 this afternoon. Lots more to come, including, yes, my uh, musical I'm featuring movie this week is The Sound of Music and I'm bringing you back in time today for sure. Lots to chat about after this short break. 
Now, there's been somebody out to be there to say that they have been deleted from the Drogheda Dolls page. And I just want to say something about this. The Drogheda Dolls, Louise, as you know, are wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. people. They do nothing but good. And they bring positivity everywhere. But of course, like anything else in life, there are people who want to knock and criticise on that. And if I was the administrator of the Drogheda Dolls page, because I know what their ethos is and what they want to do, I'd delete you too. I'd have you off that page because they do not want you. They don't want negativity, criticism, personal interest or whatever. I would take you off as the, the administrator. And in fact, I'll tell you what I'd do. If it were Facebook and Instagram and all the other platforms, I'd delete you as well. <gasps> I'd have you gone. It's as simple as that. Because they just don't want you. It's as simple as that. Pack up your tent and go elsewhere and do what you want to do. If you don't want to be in the club, don't want to bring the positivity, do the good, bring the joy, clear off. That's my message to you this afternoon. Let's we don't go- know the circumstances. No, I do not. But I just know that there are always people who are out there gunning and don't like and are jealous and haven't got their own way and have agendas themselves. Good luck to you. Anyway, let me move on with other comments this afternoon on the show. What about this one, Louise? Dear Jerry, I'm at home here fuming. My child uh, did their maths in the pre-junior cert today. My child has dyslexia and was left in the main classroom to do the exam. I didn't mind that, but not once did the head teacher ask if help was needed to read the question because my child is dyslexic. Nor was there any extra time given to finish the exam. Oh no, my child had to finish the exam at the same time as all of the students who have no difficulties reading. Can anyone advise? It's very unfair. Seems a bit unfair. Do they not have to get a dispensation before the exam well, well and I, the teachers know about it? And well, let me tell you, I can answer that with authority and experience from my own family because I had a child who went through school to leaving cert, just ahead of leaving cert, and wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia. Now, think about this. Mm. But Very then was, then was, thankfully was, and got the assists for the exams and into third level and beyond as well. And fantastic. You've got to have the child, have the, you know, have uh, them assessed for dyslexia, get the uh, uh, diagnosis, and then you get the assistance with exams, in class, moving on, etc. Go and get that done. The Irish Dyslexia Association, check it out and go to the school as well and raise it with the principal there. You've got to do that. Maybe they have. Maybe you have. If you have, well, it should be. It might should have been be, an oversight on the it, teacher well, or something. It should be dealt with. It mm. really should be dealt with because it's an awful thing to be, you know, dyslexic and not diagnosed and trying to get by. It is horrendous, so it is. Go to the teacher, go to the principal. Irish Dyslexia Association as well are fantastic. You've got to contact them. You really do, I have do to what say you that. Have to do. Yeah, thanks to Seamus McCormick. Hello, Seamus, who dropped in to say hello today. The wonderful me, the referee. Thank you for your kindness, Seamus. We really appreciate it. I'll have the game of golf with you, I promise. And Catherine sent us a lovely picture of our new black lab, Lola, and says, research the breeder, talk to your vet. Oh, Lola's lovely. We're heading towards news, weather and sport at three with this one. I love it. It's Maria McKee. Show me heaven. Enjoy. Stay with us in your late lunch. We're back after news, weather and sport. Nigel McKenna's up in the air, up in the skies. Listen to me giving out, he says. Uh, he's on his way to Palm Beach. Lucky duck, indeed. Nice to hear from you, Nigel, whether he's on the ground, in the air, across the Atlantic, or in Ireland. He's always tuned into LMFM Radio, and you can too by downloading the LMFM app. Make sure you have the app on your smartphone because you can bring us with you wherever you go. It's that simple. It is a soundtrack from uh, a movie or musical I'm doing each day this year on the show. And my featured movie, which started, as I told you yesterday, as a musical, is The Sound of Music. Let me tell you a little bit more about it. At the 1966 Oscars, and the nominations were announced for this year, yesterday, The Sound of Music received 10 nominations and it won in five categories, including Best Picture, Director and for its music, of course. It broke box office records everywhere, becoming the highest earning movie ever in 1966. It surpassed which movie? 
Gone with the Wind that had held the record for 24 years. However, the movie, I want to say this honestly, it wasn't universally popular. The French never warmed to it. And they're a bit of a law to themselves, aren't they? It was a flop in Germany. And the Italians were slow to take to it and take it to their hearts. I wonder if it's anything to do with the fallout from World War Two. I wonder. The Italians did like it when it was re-released after the Oscars to give them credit. Its first TV airing, listen to this, happened in 1976 and it cost ABC in the States $15 million to buy the rights for television. Do you know how much that would be today if you brought it forward? $68 million they would have had to pay to put it on TV. In this neck of the woods, the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, paid $4 million to air it when... On Christmas Day, 1978. I'm sure I was watching it back then. And this is you, you can't remember what you're doing today. How would you remember 78? And the BBC, since 78, listen to this, have shown it on 17 occasions. And of course, on BBC, wasn't it brilliant? You didn't have to deal with the bloody ads breaking up the movie. It ran from start to finish. How long is the movie? 174 minutes. Almost. Three hours it is. Yes, and uninterrupted on the BBC for the first time in 78. Today, I go back to the movie for my song. Do you remember when you were 16 and Cupid's arrows struck? Well, you're such a baby. I'm 16. You are 16, going on 17. Baby, it's time to think. Better beware, be canny and careful, baby, you're on the brink. You are... Yes, the sound of music, 16 going on 17. It's a long time ago for this uh, cookie anyway, but there you have it. Uh, another famous song from the sound of music, uh, Your Way Today. And I'll have more about it in words and song round about this time tomorrow. Hey, Jerry, says a listener, on a good note this afternoon, Kylie Minogue Wines have just launched Prosecco Rosé out today. Well, I'll tell you what they've done. Um, they've She's launched them into the United States today. I've actually tasted the Prosecco. It's out a while, the Rosé and the White and everything else. So, you know, anything Kylie would bring out, it'd have to be lovely, Louise, in my book. Would I say anything different about the Queen? You think it's a whole larder full of her wine. <laughs> it doesn't last long. Um, <laughs> do you, you, th- you think Wednesday was a bit of a peculiar day to launch yeah, into the States? why not Friday? She like. can launch them any day of the week she wants <laughs> in my book, to be honest with you. But seriously, I, I have tasted her wines and they're really nice. They, I know it's her name. Are they? She put it, but they are nice, the Kylie Minogue wines. They really, really are. And the Prosecco. She'd have to bring them out to a certain standard anyway, wouldn't oh, she? Oh, listen, nothing but the best for our Kyle, you know. And uh, <laughs> Did you tell me you heard a rumour she was going back to Neighbours? Um, no, I think with all this debacle over the neighbours, yeah. I think the people who make neighbours were hoping she might come Go back, back yeah. as kind of a way to make people mm. to stay with them. I wonder are they finishing it all together? You know, it's coming off the TV screens in this neck of the woods, but they have another um, so many episodes to shoot. Whether they're going beyond that or is it actually going to come to an end? But time will tell anyway. We're, we're not sure at the moment. Anyway, Kylie Wines are in the States, Nigel McKenna. Grab a bottle, <laughs> Nigel. Grab a bottle of the Kylie Wines to launch the States So today. what's your favourite then? Tell the, me what you the think. The Prosecco, the Rosé, oh, the, the White or the Red? Uh, I have to say, um, I've tasted the Prosecco, the Rosé and the White. I haven't tasted the Red, to be honest with you. And I love the three of those. Must get, uh, must uh, give the Red a, a little uh, trial. We must get Rick. <laughs> Let's get Rick to review Kylie's wines. For All us. celebrity wines, <laughs> Kylie's and yes, Gordon Ramsay's, that, uh, and, and, and what you call your man uh, that does the show, uh, Graham Norton. Graham Norton. Graham is a range of wines. That's, that's who I'm yeah, thinking. Graham of. Yeah, Graham and Kylie. That's a good idea for Rick. Now that we've just come to us, we've had a bing moment on late lunch this oh, afternoon. Rick, he'll be going home. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's see, let's see. We leave that one for another day. We have a lovely story to finish the show today. We've spoken to her uh, before on late lunch uh, over time, and she's back with us today. Eilish Balf, hello again. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Happy days with Toad Montessori. You are the woman, the main woman there. Tell us about little Louie. 
Um, Louis in my classroom, um, Louis is ASD, so he has autism and um, he's nonverbal. So he came into our preschool um, in August when we opened our doors again after the summer and he has slotted right in and um, the children just absolutely adore him. Um, but the um, what Louis' mom came to us with a sponsorship card because she wanted to raise money for one of the companionship dogs. Yes. Um, for children with disabilities, um, especially autism, they help them. They um, give them independence. They're a friend to them. And um, so we decided to just to do fifty miles in uh, February. So we decided as a class and as Louis's friend and the parents in um, decided to get on board as well and support Carla, parent, parent. So we did the very first mile with her <laughs> around the village. And um, we had 44 kids and about 12 parents all walking around the village um, and with Louis as well. Yeah, so it was a lovely little um, thing for them to do, you know, for their friend. Yeah. What age is Louis? Louis is three. Okay, yes. and he's non-verbal, he has autism, but I yes. believe the girls and boys in the class just love him. They just love him. So um, the, we, uh, the children, as you know, they uh, got involved in the letters to the leaders and they yeah. liked um, Kamala Harris and she wrote a book called That's Superheroes right. Are Everywhere. And in that book, there's a superhero pledge about being kind and looking after your friend and, you know, helping those who can't help themselves. So we take that every Monday. So they take it very, very seriously. Um, so this is how they felt they were helping Louis, um, like, at, you know, to empower Louis to get his um, companionship dog. So we went around and we asked them each individually what they loved about Louis. And it was lovely what they said, like, he's my best friend and he's very creative because Louis loves to draw and he loves to climb. So, you know, that came up as well. He loves climbing and um, he's, he's good balance. He's better balanced than me. So um, it was just, so before we went out on the walk, we all took our superhero pledge and I read out the things that the children had said about Louis um, to his mum, Carla. And like, she was just in tears, you know, mm. um, because she was so happy that the children thought so highly of Louis in the classroom. And... The upshot of this is because he is looking for a companion dog, as you say, and they make such a difference to a child's life. There's a big demand for them. How much did you raise from your leg of the thing? We raised eight hundred euro. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> so now I know. I know. Um, looking, you know, when when you go onto the website, I think it costs about ten thousand euro to train up one of yeah. those dogs. So it's a bit of a drop in the ocean, but sure, we'll we'll do our best and we'll keep going. You know? Hold on a minute. <laughs> Every drop in the ocean makes a difference and all the drops come together to make the ocean. This is very important. And 800 euro, when you think it's almost a thousand, is one tenth of the way there to yes, getting to yes. the 10,000 mark for the dog. Yes. I say to you, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to you, the mums, the children and everybody else involved. It's a great, great story. It really is. And, you know, to to feel and hear the love that there is, it's just yeah. bowls it's, me over. It's just, it's just lovely that, you know, the children who are four and five, you know, and three in my service as well, they want to do something to help. You know, I think sometimes the government could take a leap out of their I home. know. Um, and uh, yeah, they just wanted to get on board and help. So we pledged to do the last mile as well. So Good. I'll have to do the 48 in between. <laughs> ah, listen, <laughs> ah, the first the first and last are a huge significance <laughs> and I know everything in between is, is important as well. What's his second name, Louis? Uh, Louis Darlow. Ah, yeah. lovely, yeah. Louis Darlow. I wanted yeah. to shout out his full name and mention him. Yeah. Isn't and that his, just and great? His big brother George is in our class as well, and his big brother George is amazing and looks after Louis every single day as well. So it's really lovely. Ah, you're great people. You you really are. And you know when 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 you think of them, you're 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 you know educating them from a very young age to care, love help, you know, all those things will be yeah. with them. You know, it's a great start in life for them and I know you all do wonderful, wonderful work over there. And Louis, 
have to say they've taken that superhero code very seriously <laughs> yes. this year. Yeah, well, good on them. That's the idea, to take it on board and run with it and do good with it. And I know Carl and the family are absolutely bowled over uh, by your kindness as well. Well, look at your great people. Keep on doing what you're doing over there and happy days in Retote. And uh, you've lifted all our hearts and given us all something to smile about this afternoon. Thank you for joining me again, Eilish. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks. Bye-bye. 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 Isn't that just lovely to finish off? the show today to think of little these three and four and five you know caring for and doing that for their little friend uh, Louis uh, Darlow and well done to all concerned there anyway that's a lot on late lunch this midweek Wednesday afternoon looking ahead to tomorrow on the show the cost of living I don't have to remind you if you go shopping you know all about it fill your car pay your electricity bill someone on the front line the Mead Food Bank in County Mead is Ashling Lowe and she knows all about the cost of living and she's going to talk to us about it tomorrow on Late Lunch. Etna Shortall is here, I love her. She's uh, the Sunday Times supplement editor there in her own family of uh, radio stations and newspapers. Etna's with us tomorrow. She has a brand new book out and really making waves with this one. And Idella Regan will be with us also to tell us about the new ghost bust. Yeah, ghost bus, ghost bus in Carlingford. She'll be with us on the show tomorrow afternoon. All we need is you uh, to come along too. Hope you have a lovely Wednesday evening. Take care of yourselves. Eddie Caffrey's gearing up for the drive next here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. We'll be back tomorrow Thursday with your Late Lunch. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drawed out and dog and cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.